This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. So I spend the majority of my day from around 1 in the afternoon to 2, 3 in the morning, by the hour, dealing with singles. Now, do I get a lot of people in this age category? No, I do not. I average about one shidduch a year in this category. Um, As a matter of fact, I was circumspect if I should even come here. However, Mrs. Halberstam made a very good point to me. If you help one person, shaveh, you help the world. So how about if I, 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 I collected all of the data that I have and all of the topics that I've spoken about in this area and I share it with you as to why you should possibly be open to a suggestion. I'll give you some secular scientific data and I'll back it up with some interesting items. If you that, if you are interested, this is what you need to be alerted to. Anyone who needs to reach me, it's very simple. I gave out my cards and my numbers on those cards. I live in Flatbush and I'd be happy to do it. What I do is I meet with people one-on-one I hold their hands through the process. Two years ago, it was a 72-year-old man who called me a week after Purim because he watched my shear. I have about 345 classes on dating alone. Everything you can think of, and every week I conceive of another idea. Anything related to dating, from 20 to 80. So everyone is represented there. But So an individual called me from Baltimore. He was 72. He had been married twice. His first... Wife was really prominent in this out-of-town community. The second time, it didn't go so well. I said, you really want to try this a third time? And he said to me, yes. And he gave me the, the real reason, which I'm going to focus on today. I asked him, why, Ephraim? I just changed the name. Because it's lonely. I need someone to talk to. And so we started the process. I can't say I was the shotgun, because he met her through an internet site. He ended up meeting a lovely woman who was 68 that herself was divorced. And I then managed the relationship, which is critical. You need someone who knows what they're doing. I managed that relationship. And Baruch Hashem, I'm going to teach you a lot about what goes on. Blending the families today, prenuptial agreement, whatever it was, they got married. And they're extremely happy. There are things that need to be discussed. We'll discuss that today. And then a very famous case last year that I was involved with was Rav Moshe Meir Weiss, why I was the Shatran. We got him remarried. Again, I want to say, by the way, in both instances, it was the men who approached me. That was very good. There are people out there that want to get married. And in, in that instance, I was very delighted to hear that right before she passed away, his, his wife, Alea Shalom, and made him take a, like almost a promise, you have, you have to get married again. So he went on that and he waited his year. He contacted me the, almost two days after the year was over. He goes, I'm ready. I can't live alone. It's very difficult for me. I need company. And so we started the process of building a team that would find that magical woman for him. And he found her. He found her and he's extremely happy. Again, changes have to be made. In this case, he redid up the whole house. He wanted her to feel like it was a new place for her. Um, and on and on. And there are adjustments to be made. And I'll discuss them today. I'll tell you today what you need to be aware of. And then you'll be more educated. And if you're educated, you can make a proper decision. Okay. 
The medical advantages of marriage. Researchers at a university studied 10,000 married men and women and found that they had, who, those who had loving experiences in marriage had less chances of heart attacks than those who did not have spouses. In addition to lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure, and less chance of diabetes. Again, there's an abundance of evidence that suggests that love and marriage are good for your health. Both men and women live longer, healthier, happier, and wealthier lives when they are married. It has been found that a stable, happy marriage is the vital and most important protector against illness and premature death for adults. Ladies, just keep it down if we can just keep that door closed. Okay. A study of 6,000 Americans with bladder cancer found that those who were married had a survival rate that was better than 40% than patients who were not married. There are multiple studies that show that positive, loving relationships protect us from stress and help us cope better with life's challenges and traumas. It has been found that mortality rates of individuals with no social relationships are higher than those who don't. So that means those who don't have people to talk to, unfortunately, statistically, will die younger. There are well-established links between, between being single and mental health problems. Adults who experience that have a double risk of mortality. A good marriage increases the lifespan and promotes better health. Because married couples tend to look after each other, encourage each other to have regular checkups, take their medications, and live properly. People in happy marriages have been found to have a stronger immune system. Maybe i just share a joke with you. Moshe and Miriam were retired and living in Aventura. I just was there actually with my, uh, my wife and my, and my in-laws last week. So, Miriam calls in a person to fix a leak under the sink. And then he's underneath the sink, and it's almost dinner time. So Miriam says, sweetheart, it's time for dinner. No response. My love, would you like the soup first or the salad? No response. Dear, come on, it's getting late. So the handyman can't control himself. He pops his head from underneath the sink. He says, Mrs. Goldstein, you always talk to him in such a lovey-dovey fashion. She says, son... I have to admit, I forgot his name five years ago. I don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Everyone heard that? There are ten marriages in this age group every year for Samchenu. So let's offer a, a cup of applause for this great organization. Okay. Now... Can I deal with the questions after? I will stay and answer any question you want, but I think it behooves us just to go through the presentation. I re I'm bringing today material from articles that have been published about senior marriages. So listen up. If I was you, take notes. If you can't take notes, this will be on Torah anytime by tomorrow afternoon. So you can go and find it. But it's very important. Now... People are living longer and people in their 60s and 70s and beyond are comprising the fastest growing singles demographic. This trend reflected in the explosion of matchmaking services gets told to, towards older people is matched by a growing population of singles in the community. Many who are actively looking for spouses. I'm talking about you. 
People are younger in spirit today than they once were, says Hannah Rose. Those of you who read Flappish Jewish Journal, she's a shatchan there. A shatchan in Flappish who makes shidduchim for people of all ages. I have people in their 80s calling me for shidduchim, says Hannah Rose. For those pursuing a shidduch in this age or beyond, the path can be lonely and strewn with obstacles. She is right. It's not a simple process. I will go through some of those areas today. But a caring support network can make all the difference. I can't think of a better support network than this room that I'm, we're in right now. So, besides your family and friends. So let's get into what goes on in a senior situation. Sorry? Okay. At a 60-plus shidduch that Hannah Rose just hosted, there was an outpouring of gratitude from the people who were there. People are eager for new opportunities. Older single women struggle with the shidduch crisis as well. I mean, you think that I just deal with 20s and 30s? Yesterday, I finished at 1 in the morning, I gave a presentation on the Upper West Side to people, 40s, 50s, they've never been married once. Baruch Hashem here, at least we had experience to have it the first time. Men, unfortunately, are less proactive in general. It could be people are not reading, reading as many shidduchim to them, so have a less need. Also, also, their social lives tend to be filled with more activities. However, what's required today? The same thing was when you were single. There must be chemistry. When you go out with an individual at your age or any age, and you're looking for a partner, you've got to have chemistry. That's important. Now, one thing is interesting. Cultural identification is often less important to mature singles. When I was 20, they had to be Hungarian, or Polish, Sephardic. It's not that important anymore when you're older, believe it or not. Chana ticks off successful matches, one after the next, that would not have come about had the pair been 20 years younger. You have Lubavitch getting married to Satmar. You have all types of interesting things. And then the need to relocate is a concern that crops up. Right? So sometimes... It's hard because the man may live on the West Coast and the woman on the East Coast. Sometimes it actually it's, it serves to the benefit. Why? Because they're older now, they can travel. It's not, as, it's not as difficult. To women in their 60s and beyond, a stable income is important. The last thing you want to inherit is a guy who does nothing and comes on with chayvis. So one of the things you want to be on the lookout for is what is he up to financially? Because you have the means to support you. You're not there to be his bank account. So these are the things that are inherent in all shidduchim, but more so as we get older. So again, singles are concerned about issues such as taking on financial burdens of someone else's family, children, or mortgage. I don't want to be dealing with your mortgage, and I certainly don't want to be dealing with your college tuitions. That's not my responsibility. What really matters? While some singles state from the get-go that a healthy spouse with good midos is the only thing that really matters to them, others come with a laundry list of requirements. And that when you get older, it can be harder to be flexible. And another thing that is health is an issue. Obviously, as we get older, we're managing medical situations. And it's a case-by-case situation. Understand? In the case of the 70-year-old, diabetes was at play here, which led to other complications. But again, if you feel that you enjoy the person's company, and I'll get into that a little later, 
I'll tell you one thing that I believe in very strongly, and that is no matter how old you are, if you're interested in having a soulmate again, you need to sit down with someone like myself and draft what's called the top 10 needs list. What do I need in my life? I need someone who's kind. I'm talking about midos. Considerate, generous, no anger issues, not a controlling person. Watch out for the people who have a temper. Does he have a rav that, he, that guides him? Or is he aimless? These are all very important issues. Okay, if you have a top 10 list, then when you go out with someone, you have a GPS in which to guide you. That's critical. Now, again, in general, a lot of superficial requirements fall to the wayside. Right? Young people look for potential. By the time a person has lived already 60 or 70, he's not changing all that much. You understand? You're looking for compatibility. Whereas if I'm in my 20s, I'm looking to see what that person's potential is. It's in your best interest if possible to marry someone within your decade. If you have two decades more life experience than the other person, you may be mismatched on many levels. So you try to keep it within that decade. Again, sometimes women get hung up on the person's part, potential in terms of education. While intelligence is a factor, at this stage in life, formal education is no longer a requirement. I get this all the time from women in their 30s and 40s. I must have a college degree. To which I, I answer, does he learn Torah? And when she says yes, to me that's good enough. If you have emotional, intellectual compatibility, that could be fine. You don't have to insist on things that you may have insisted 30 or 40 years ago. Bottom line, you need to open your mind, venture out of your comfort zone. Everyone says they want to borrow Midos, but some people prioritize so many other requirements, they even, never even get to the Midos. They have so many things on their list. Now, just a, a, a cute little story. Being lonely in Shidduchim and uncertain of the future can be challenging. And singles see no need for their difficulties to be compounded by the insensitivity of others. So people worry, if I start going out again, what will other people say? And they get embarrassed by the idea that they may be considering dating again. Hannah recalls a particularly memorable incident when she overheard someone say, Did you hear so-and-so got engaged? His wife is not even cold yet. People can be very insensitive. So I'm going to tell you one thing that's really important that I learned when I was in medical school. Something said by Benjamin Franklin. When you're young, keep both eyes and ears open. When you get older, close one of each. Yeah. No one, not everyone has your best heart, interests at stake, at heart. If you're focused on doing something, there's going to be the naysayers, no matter what you do. As a matter of fact, I read something, I myself needed a little chizik once in a while. You know, I'm in a very tough situation. I think that I, if I, I could have done reconstructive foot surgery with my eyes closed easier than some of the hardship that I deal with when I deal with some singles. Because of the ridiculous attitudes that they take sometimes. The nonsensical things that they put on the table that are totally not important. And I, and I think we have to be, you know, we have to get realistic. Okay, so...
Let me go, let me go back to this. Perhaps the wife who passed away had been sick for many years and actually encouraged her husband to remarry, such as the case of our Moshe Meir Weiss. People don't know what they're doing, but they're quick to talk, talk, chatty, chatty. So don't let that bother you. Know that it's not their business. It's your business only. All you have to, the, only, the only entity in the world that you have to answer to is Hashem. I'll never forget my Rebbe, Rick DeMilla, told us, this world is, is a theatrical production. We're all on stage, he told us. And after 120 years, the curtain will come down on our life. There'll be no one in the audience but one personality clapping. And he'll be screaming out, you did a great job. And who's that? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You only have to answer to him. As long as you have a focus on something and you want to do it, go for it. And certainly, in, these, in this day and age, again, I'm going to get into it a little bit later. I'm not here to toot my horn. Many of us have not dated for years, decades. This is where working with a dating mentor can be very helpful. So those who are interested and want to work with me, I'll hold your hand through the process. I'm in it on a daily basis, six days a week. Except even Shabbos, I don't get a day off from it. People approach me all the time, but it can be done. Again, Peril agrees that fear of judgment can often hold back widows who would like to re-enter Shidduchim, but they're afraid of what people will say. And sometimes it's not a stranger's judgment. It's those close to you, the daughter, the son, the son-in-law, the brother-in-law, the uncle, if he's still alive. But if they're well-adjusted children, they should want their parents to find happiness again. Some people do it out of selfishness. The children may do it out of selfishness. They don't want you to remarry. Life is messier than that. It's hard to face the possibility of loved ones. So she says, someone I know finally began to look again for a shidduch after many years of being alone. If one of their children who'd been the closest to her late husband suggested that, it was time to move on, she felt free knowing she had her family's approval. So it's important to realize that, yes, you're going to have a gallery of individuals who don't necessarily see eye to eye with your, with your desires. But again, all you have to do is answer for yourself. Now, give me a second. Children. The challenge of children. And we see this all the time. I'm involved in a lot of shidduchim of divorced people. And I sit with both the men and the women who are dating. It's a very, very nebulous process. As I sit with them, and I try to blend the families. And who's going to do what, who will be responsible to who. So I'll get into that a little bit today. First of all, marrying someone without children is no guarantee of smooth sailing. One man he knew married a woman with no children of her own. Having no experience with children, she experienced a great deal of friction with her stepchildren. One thing you have going for you, if you've had kids, you at least have some experience in dealing with children, so be able to know and be sensitive to the other person's children. The most important thing is, if you're considering marriage, and you have children, and he has to, be prepared. Just like someone marrying a Hatzalah member knows that when they're marrying that individual, they're going to go on call at 3 in the morning to save a life. So know what you're getting into. 
right? Someone marrying into a family with children needs to know that you have the physical and emotional strength to manage a blended family. If it's not for you, forget it. Don't bother. Walk out now. You understand? If you don't have the gumption to, 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 to step into a picture where the, the spouse, the future spouse who has kids, and you don't want to deal with that, and you said, I'm done, it's not for you. You have to have Erech Apayim, a little bit more capacity in you. And you have to learn to deal with a little bit of politics. Still, the positive, the positivity or the advantage of having someone in your life, someone to talk to, someone to travel with, someone to go to Israel with, someone to socialize with, someone to vacation with, far outweighs the negative. It's selfish for kids not to realize that an older person needs a life too and can't just revolve around their children and grandchildren. I was in Toronto speaking a month ago to a person, an older divorced woman, probably 60 now. For years she's remained single. So I said to her, tell me a little bit about your life. Her life comprised of basically changing diapers for this grandchild, um, going over to Shabbos for that, to that daughter, to that son. No life of her own, essentially. I said to her, when they go away, what happens? It's basically a lonely existence. I said to her, you're still thriving. You have a great attitude. You have a wonderful sense of humor. Why don't you consider marriage again? And I'm taking her closer now to the process. Some people have a little bit of baggage on the table in terms of the trauma that they endured in a bad marriage, and they can't conceive of it. So, if that's the case, work with a mentor or a psychologist and get the bug out of the system. Every one of us carries some sort of peckle. Every, we all know that. Are you meant to live with that? Is that the end? By all means, no. You can change anything. Where there is a will, there is a way. One of the things that I daven for every day is one word in Hebrew. Ratzon. Hashem, give me the desire to continue to hear people, to listen to them to figure out how to get them married again, to keep them there. I'm not just done when I get them married. I have my eyes right now on numerous couples that have issues, that come to me to resolve Shalom by issues. So you have to do the same thing. Ask for desire. Hashem will grant you whatever you want. And by the way, I'll tell you something that I saw in Family Magazine, I'm sorry, in Mishpacha Magazine this week. It was beautiful. Rav Nachman of Breslov writes something very interesting. If you're encountering opposition in anything in your life, that's a good thing. That means you're going in the right direction. You're growing. I needed to hear that Friday night. I had had some really difficult people to deal with Thursday afternoon. I said I couldn't wait for Shabbos, a little bit of schnapps, and some, some meat, and I was good to go. When I read that, that really gave me chizuk. It's okay to have opposition. Opposition means you're going doing something right. If it was smooth sailing all the way, you have to worry. Okay, now. Interestingly, by the way, from the Shatchan's perspective, the aspects of the Shatchan's job at this age are easier when she deals, when people in Shatchanim deal with mature singles. I agree. I do a lot of Shatchanis. And when I deal with this age group, it's a lot easier scheduling the Shidduch, Getting it, make it happen. They're not so fussy. You have to understand. For me to get a girl who's 32 or 33, who's a doctor and a lawyer, to go out on a date, I have to clear it with her social activity secretary. 
Okay, she's busy today. She has this to do tomorrow. She's away on this vacation. She has to go to the dentist. Older, mature people have a lot more time. They're much more flexible. It's much easier as a shatchan, and this is backed up by testimony from other shatchanim, to work with. And I'll read it to you. It's, a, it's much simpler to arrange dates between mature singles who are generally on less frenetic schedules than their younger counterparts. Instead of being in school or working, trying to get their careers going, mature singles are like many of us retired or focused on only one or two commitments. It's a far easier process to work with a shatchan at this age. Also, very interesting, many shatchanim find that at this age, people are more motivated to exert themselves. They desire, and Hashem leads, to have a greater desire and a greater, greater motivation. Younger people tell Shatchanim, find me someone near, near me where I live. I don't like to travel. While the older ones, guess what, will travel. They're more interested. A red flag. Let's talk about red flag. A red flag is a man who tells you that his wife was crazy. Usually, this is like he's talking between the cracks that does not reflect well on the midos of this man. In the uncommon case of general mental illness, a rav should be consulted about what information may be shared with who. That's also intricate. Something you may want to discuss with me. What am I allowed to tell the person that I date with in dating about my past? Women need to be careful not to, to, to spread reports of abuse that are not strictly factual or necessary. Did you stress the truth a little bit? Aside from the issue of Shmir Salashan, exaggerated claims erode your credibility. Balimidos of either male or female know to restrict hurtful information to need-to-know basis. If you're intelligent and you really are Yeri Shamayim and you're careful with what you say, you'll be very cautious and screen what you say. Another warning sign is the single father who has custody and tells people that his wife didn't get the kids because she was, quote-unquote, fill it in what you want, unstable, incompetent, neglectful. Watch out for those guys. People think if the man got the kids, he's a tzaddik. And she must be nuts. And that's not true. No, no, and no. Angry men can be unethical, and custody arrangements are not always in favor of the, of the woman. Now, while waiting for that to happen, to meet the knight in shining armor, what should you do? How should you, how should you keep busy? Stay positive and stay vibrant. Stay healthy. Take up exercise, eat well, that's very important. Maintain a positive state of mind. And I do that, and I advise so many people to do that, simply by reading a gratitude card every day. I have one in my sitter. I try never to leave shul in the morning without reading it. I'd be happy and delighted, those of you who have WhatsApp, I can WhatsApp you a copy of it. Gratitude is the single most important thing in your, in your seder every day. For that takes stock of all the good that Hashem does for us, including the not so good. We say thank you to Hashem, because it's all the tovah. So it's very important. And staying healthy, exercising, eating well, maintaining fitness is important. Because guys don't change. 
He may have a belly that's like a tire, and he might be 72 years old, but he wants a girl that looks like a prima donna. That's, these guys don't just, just, they just don't change. So it's important. Nobody's telling you to be a size two, or a four, whatever it may be. Just maintain your appearance. It's important. Very important. Now, keeping busy and active helps negative thoughts away, keeps them away at bay. Instead of staying home to ruminate and worry what would have been so-and-so I would have, on your next anniversary, travel and do and keep busy and go visit. Stay, you know, keep yourself moving. Now, Shatchanim say, in this age group, most people welcome suggestions and are touched to have been thought of. So tell people out there, I welcome your suggestion, whether it's family, friends, it's okay. Let the word out. If they don't know, they'll assume you're not interested. Hishtagos means you can't sit, as we say in Hebrew, regal or regal, one leg crossed on the other, and assuming people can read your mind. It's not happening. You have to get the word out if you're interested in moving to our next Tukufa, that you are welcoming suggestions. Okay. Prenuptial agreements. In first marriages, there is generally no prenuptial agreement. But I got to tell you an incredible story. I got a phone call. You'll be interested. From a major, major Rosh Yeshiva who tells me we need your help. Okay? How can I help? He says... <clears throat> We have a mid-twenties young man, or close to 30, whose father's worth $500 million, dating a girl whose father's worth a billion dollars. You gotta step in and see if we can do something here. It's not going. Okay, so they met me at a local shul. I noticed that they had absolutely nothing in common. Zero. So I stepped over to the side and I said to the young man, why are you dating her? And to make, it got to be a farce. The father of the young girl wanted him to sign an agreement that if there's a divorce, they were already negotiating the divorce before the marriage. <laughs> Listen to this. If there's a divorce, and we're talking about from people here, um, she's entitled to community property, half of what you own, and you're entitled to nothing. So I said, Shimmy, if I was you, stay away from this thing. There's no real love here. There's no common values here. There's no common goals here. I think you're just trying to maintain social status, if anything. He went away to meet the family in an out-of-town city. He was trailing behind her and her mother 20 feet most of the time. So Baruch Hashem, he listened to me, he left that one, and he walked away. But in second marriages, it's extremely important to have a prenuptial agreement. Now, I'm not a lawyer. As a matter of fact, as a doctor, I was petrified of them. You know, and... But I will tell you that, in addition to various considerations for the spouses, both partners usually have children, and should protect the property rights of their children. You may have wills, your husbands may have given you property, may have left you money in the bank. Is it right for the significant other who comes into your life to have access to that? I mean, that's... We don't want fights later on. Prenuptial agreements at this stage in the game are simply to avoid fights. That's what it's all about. 
At this point, you may have you may own a house, Baruch Hashem, you own two or three, Gesundheit, Hashem should bless you with more. But in order to avoid fights and disagreements, this is an area that needs to be taken care of. Failure to do so can result in much painful confusion and litigation. The Tanayim is a kind of prenuptial agreement. A dish is broken to the cheers of Mazel Tov, and everyone is happy. This is definitely not the case in this scenario of a legal prenuptial agreement. So, here you just get a lawyer involved and you draw it up, and this way everyone is happy and we can avoid fights. Midlife changes. Just a comment on that from another psychologist. Dr. Isaac Nolan writes that the most helpful thing in in midlife, many people endure crises in their lives in terms of like they become aimless. What am I living for, etc. Who else is best suited to provide this relief than a spouse? Someone to talk to is so important. Someone to have to be able to air out to. And so that's one of one of the most important reasons why we want to consider that. Now, I'm just gonna gloss over toolbox stuff. How do I do it? Now that I'm in it, just some key word comments that I can make on a subject. First, let me give you a quote. Life has no remote control, as we're used to maybe with the TV. You got to get up and change it yourself. Again, you got to have a little bit of self-motivation here to go forward in this process. And another beautiful quote, I'm no longer accepting the things I cannot change. It's now time to change the things I cannot accept. So again, it starts with determination. If you're interested in this, you have to have a, a, a bit of determination to want it. Once you want it, Hashem takes view of you and He'll help you get there. Now, one of the things I want to focus on is this concept. I read a beautiful article called Time to Move On by a famous psychologist who now lives in Lakewood that was in Brooklyn for many years, Dr. Yaakov Solomon. There is a letter, there is a six letter word in the English language that people are petrified of. C-H-A-N-G-E spells change. And perhaps I could read it for you. Change. Why should I change? This is where I buy my fish. This is when I wake up. This is how I drive. This is where I buy my coleslaw. This is the time I go to sleep. This is the vort that I stay at the table every year for this parsha. I never change it. That's how much staka I give. And you know that's called consistency. And it's beautiful. But guess what? It gets robotic. And it doesn't always work. And sometimes you have to think about change. And he tells us the famous story of the first shidduch in the world, of Eliezer, who puts down stipulations that Hashem should do for him. And if you find me a girl that's going to give me water to drink, that's the one. And yes, when he arrives, he sees... Not only did she offer him water to drink, but she, he also sees a miracle that the water rises to greet her. Then they sit down to do the deal with Besuel and Lavan. And Eliezer says something fascinating. And I'll read it to you. He tells him the following. If you do kindness with me, it's Adoni and my master of Ram. Hagiduli, you ready to do the deal? Let's do it. 
And if not, tell me. What's the lesson here? Eliezer saw every possible miracle that he asked for. Everything he could want. He got it. Miracles that he requested, exactly what he asked for. And he makes a fascinating comment. He tells him, you ready to do the deal? Fine. If not, I'm out of here. Rav Avram Palm says, you know what we see here? Amazing flexibility. Whatever he asked from Hashem, he got. Yet he said, if you guys don't sit down and do the deal, I'm ready to go. Ladies, the key here is flexibility. Be ready to move. Be ready to embark on some change. Change may be scary, but change could be good. Even Eliezer, who had it down to a science, that I got exactly what I want from Hashem, he threatens them. If you don't do the deal, I'm out of here. I'll find someone else to be the wife of Yitzchak Avinu. I don't need you. <laughs> and so, that's one of the important lessons to learn from here. Be, be, be able to be flexible. Take care of yourselves and do the best that you can. That's very, very important. Let me close by telling you that the ingredients for a successful marriage of Ali Adesla was like this. Ani. If your Ani, your eye is limited to yourself, it's going to be hard for you to get married. The greatness of an individual is based on their the width of their Ani. A person whose orbit is only their four Amos, that's a very limited human being. The person whose orbit extends to siblings, children, is even bigger. And a person whose orbit incorporates more, their community, bigger than that. So expand your Ani. Expand your eye. Let someone else into your life. Again, if anyone needs my help, feel free to contact me. My, my card's right there. I'll be happy to help you. I'll walk you through the process. I can help you in Shaduchim. I can help you find those people. Is it an easy process? No. However, as I laid it out today, the benefits are great. Have a wonderful day. May I be zochet to participate at Yosem Ches very soon. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.